0: Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info@capitalchristian.com. At if you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Well, I got home last night. I took a quick trip to Portland and I uh, officiated at my uncle's uh, funeral, and uh, he was ninety-two. And it was a great illustration of the power of legacy. He served Jesus since the time he was just real young. And he has 20-some children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And it was just awesome to see this, the power of legacy lived out through Jesus. And he tells a story, and i got to tell you this this morning. Uh, My mom called me, and and this is interesting. i got to tell you this. This is my mom's family, and there were eight siblings. Uncle Wes was the one of four sons, and my mom is one of four daughters. And Uncle Wes was the last son living, and at 92, he passed away. There are five have gone on to be with Jesus, three are left. And this story is really interesting because my mom told me, says, Ken, you may not know this story, but when when Wes was 15 years old, he got really desperately sick. And uh, his kidney started failing. They called it Bright's disease back then. And he had lost all this weight, and they didn't think he was going to live. And my grandfather, Grandpa Smith, uh, decided we got to do something, and because they didn't have doctors and such like we do today. So he says, let's, let's call Uncle Morgan. Well, Uncle Morgan, at those he didn't live in the area, but he was known in the area as a faith healer. And he, they called him, they got a hold of him somehow. He came and he prayed over my Uncle Wes at 15 years of age as he was dying. And he was, he was uh, healed instantly. He was touched by God. There was a movement of God in his life and uh, he he was restored. And I told that story to the the, the group yesterday as they, they were celebrating his life. And I said, because of a faith healer and the power of faith and prayer, you are now here today having experienced the influence and the presence of a man who served Jesus all of his life. And the family was there because someone decided to pray over him. My mom told me, she says, Ken, I, I remember uh, Uncle Morgan. They called him Uncle Morgan. I, I don't even really, really know his name, but they called him Uncle Morgan. He says, when Uncle Morgan was in the room, it was like a halo was around, was around his, his, his head. And we didn't even want to go near him. He was so auspicious. And they have a letter from him indicating the miracle that took place. And they have it documented as, as the family. So I, I, had a, I had a pretty good day yesterday as we celebrated the going home. When, when somebody who loves Jesus goes home to Jesus at 92 years of age, it's a pretty good day. And, and all of his kids and grandkids love Jesus. Can't get better than that. All right. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to preach a message today. And I want you to catch this. I'm going to get excited about this. So, I'm going to talk about uh, contending for and pursuing miracles. I believe that we are in a day that God wants to erupt around us in ways that we could not ever consider possible. And I believe that, that God wants to stir our faith that this should be a place of the miracles of God. Now, we were in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is an amazing book. It actually should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit acting through disciples, doing these amazing things. The book of Acts starts, Acts chapter 1, then Acts chapter 2. The church is birthed. The church is birthed in Acts chapter 2 by the Holy Spirit coming down to earth. The church is birthed. It starts, and there's powerful miracles that took place immediately in the church, God wants you to know that when you're birthed in Jesus, you're birthed in the church, and in the church, there's miracles in your spiritual DNA already set inside of you, and you don't have to, to work it up or whatever. It's already there. When you're, born, when you're born, you're born into a family. You have their name. You have the DNA. When you're born again, you're born into the family. You're born into the church, and you have that DNA. It's called supernaturality. It's supernatural. You're born into an organism that's, that's supernatural, and so we're, we're here today as the supernatural people of God and God's trying to stir up his people to emit from their DNA what is actually inside of them. Be who you were destined and made to be. The supernatural of God, believing for miracles, standing and in, 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 uh, actually activating these miracles. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9, It says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even imagine. And the the New English of this translation is this. This is fascinating. The New English translation says, things beyond our seeing, things beyond our hearing, things beyond our imagining, things God has prepared for those who love him. How many can believe for that? Come on, you've got to start activating that faith right now. And then, in order to capture uh, these miracles, we've got to start having the eyes of the Spirit. You've got to start having the eyes of the Spirit instead of just seeing with natural eyes. You are birthed, if you're a believer, you're in the church. And in the church, you're a part of a community that's supernatural in activity. And so we've got to see this happen. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, It says, God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So when we have the eyes of the spirit, our capacity to receive spiritual things is enhanced. It's almost like having a magnifying glass or something. You can see better. We then see miracles that are hidden in God that God wants to release. But you also have to have the ears of the spirit. You have the eyes of the spirit but you have to have the ears of the spirit. And I don't think most Christians are, are tuned in to God's frequency. You know, we're tuned in to 66.6. It should be 77.7 or whatever. You got to tune into his frequency. We're we're just kind of living our life and existing. You're not put here on the earth in the church to be an existing person, just to exist. You're here to pronounce the kingdom of God and move in miracle power. That's who you were made to be. That's the DNA in you. And you've got to accept it. If you're in the church and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've got to realize he wants, to tune, he wants you to tune into him and start releasing those miracles. The Spirit of God's going to give you new plans, going to give you new strategies, going to give you new futures, going to give you new businesses and ministries. If you'll only tune into the right f- frequency, start listening, start praying, start declaring instead of just existing. We've got to do that. Luke seven sixteen says, Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. The Message Bible says it this way. They all realized they were in a place of holy mystery and that God was at work with among them. They were, listen, listen, they were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful, calling out among themselves, God is back looking to the needs of his people. God is back looking to the needs of his people. Can I shout that today? God is back. Looking to the needs of His Spirit. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that. God is back working miracles. God is back healing the sick, signs and wonders. We got to contend for it. It it didn't stop 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. You know, we got to believe for the signs and wonders and miracles of God now. Now, our God is back looking to see our needs met. We, we've heard about all these visitations. You know, we hear them about our, in Argentina and Africa and China. God wants to do them in the United States. He wants to do miracles here. He wants to do it through your life. He wants to do it through this church, but we got to contend for them. We have to move in them. we got to pursue them. Let's now believe. Start believing that God is back looking to the needs of, of, of us here in, in a, even in America. You know, unfortunately, many Christians today in America, I think, feel like Gideon. You know, Gideon, God comes to Gideon, God comes to Gideon in Je- Judges chapter 6, verse 13. Gideon said to God in the response, because God said to him, oh, you man of God, oh, mighty man of God, I'm gonna use you, etc., etc." And Gideon responds this way, and I think this is what too much of the church responds to. He says, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Oh, woe is me. And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Oh, I'm a worm, that's kind of the, that was kind of his, his, his response. To God. To God saying, I'm going to use you to, to do incredible things. It seems that in America, we, we've had people tell us of all the miracles, but we don't seem to see them. And, and as in Gideon's day, I believe the cry goes up, where are all the miracles we've heard about? Where are the Catherine Coleman's? Where are the Smith Wigglesworth, or the John G. Lakes?" I tell you, I believe God wants us to start contending for what God wants to do in the church right now and not leave it for another generation or not look at the past generation and say, wow, they had great things happen. No, I want to have it happen now. The past is not to be forgotten, nor is it to be a source of discouragement. Miracles and miracle ministries belong in every local church. We are a part of of the body of Christ that stands in miracle DNA. It's in you. And you've got to release it and allow it to to begin to move all around you. It should not be just in in miracle meetings. It shouldn't be just in uh, famous speakers or or whatever. I believe miracles are right here, right in front of us. It is ours for the asking. I remember uh, in the Jesus people days, and I'll refer to this because... Jesus people days actually hit Boise back in the '60s and '70s, and when Connie was at Boise State, the whole football team got saved. I mean, there are people getting saved everywhere. And I remember during that time period, there was a place downtown near the Ram Restaurant, right in the river, there near Boise State. Right next to it was was uh, was, and you'll see it today. It's called the Stonehouse. They actually kept the name Stonehouse. It was a church, and that Stonehouse was the site of the. Probably the greatest Jesus people event in this whole Treasure Valley occurred right there. People were getting saved, filled with the Spirit. The power of God was come upon them. There was an amazing things were happening at that time at that stone house. Uh, One of our interns, Caleb, I told him this story and Caleb comes up to me and he says, Pastor Ken, man, when I was in Boise State, I was a part of the team that we met there every Tuesday in that in that place. I said, Yeah, you were meeting in the in the sight of miracles and signs and wonders. We gotta start believing for it again. Come on. And so here, and I, I remember the, the the Jesus people days, how the power of the Holy Spirit would come and move. And, and I received during that, that period of time, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which totally changed my life. You've got to receive the baptism. You've got to receive his infilling. You've got to continue to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit to to, to move as God wants you to move. There's a story of Scott and Paula, for instance. Scott and Paula were in the process of becoming Believers back uh, in the Jesus people days, and they had been involved in the party scene, and they were into drugs, and they had a real bad reputation in their city. and And like hundreds of other kids, uh, they came to a Jesus meeting to check out, check out what was happening. And neither of the of them, Scott or Paula, had any religious background or church background. Uh, But that night, they, they responded to the Holy Spirit. They yielded to God, and they gave their lives to Jesus. During the prayer time, they they uh, offered to pray for any physical healings of anybody in, in the in the in the room that had physical problems. And Paula spoke up and said, "Well, listen, I I've, I have a tumor in the right side of my nose, and I've had it for some time, and I don't know what to do, and I'm concerned about it. Do you, do you think God could do anything about it?" They prayed for a miracle, laid their hands on on Paula, agreed for healing. And immediately, it left. She started screaming. She started laughing. She started almost semi-hysterically. The Lord healed her nose. Right in front of all those curious young people, the power got, do you know what happened then? The atmosphere changed. The atmosphere changed. Everybody started getting healed. Because see, you have to understand this, God wants atmospheres to be present where believers are. Because in the power of agreement, there is this electrifying power that comes that is demonstrated in supernatural things because that's who Jesus was. That was the atmosphere in those days. God was back. He was looking for the needs of his people. And back then, now listen to me carefully, back then we realized we're kind of on holy ground here. There's something happening. And we we would worship with joyful and expressive Uh, worship and words, and many, many young people were saved, but I don't think it was supposed to just end there. I think God wants it to happen again. Come on, Generation Church, why not believe for every high school in Boise, in the area, in the Treasure Valley, why not believe for Boise State to have a move of the Spirit? And, you know, Saxton, weren't you telling me that you had a miracle last night? You had a miracle last night at Wingers? Somebody got healed last night. When he was at Wingers or whatever, and God, God, God will use us. God wants to use us as God moves in us. You see, here's the problem: we think it's all up to pastors or ministers or special disciples. No, it's up to all of us. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, go into our businesses and into our arenas of influence, and see God move. My cousin Lowell last night. I have a special. Uh, it was the he was the youngest son of my uncle, and Lowell and I are. are uh, good friends and uh, wonderful cousins, and he was telling me he's never been in ministry. He's always been in business. He said, "But you know, Ken, uh, God began to talk to me about uh, using my business as ministry." And so what he did, he started doing that. And he started making friends with people and just talking to them. You know, kind of gaining relationship, and then talking to them about Jesus. He said, "And I, I gained this relationship with." He's telling one story. Gained this relationship with this guy and. And we, we were getting closer, and we were close, and all of a sudden I heard one day he was dying. I hadn't seen him for a little bit, and he heard he was in another city, and he was dying. So Lowell took a three-hour trip, went to see him, and went into his room, and the, the, the other friend of Lowell, who actually introduced him to this man, um, was there as well. And so Lowell goes into his room and sees him, lays his hands and prays for him, And then leads him to Jesus. He's healed and is born in the kingdom of God. His other friend sees what happened and wants it too. And he leads him to the Lord. And all of a sudden, Lowell starts telling all these stories of how God used him in his business. Your business is only a platform for Jesus. Your business isn't just to get you some money every day. Your business is being used by God to influence the world for the sake of the kingdom of God. And you gotta see it that way. You gotta you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And daily, as you start expecting God to move within you, within your realm of influence, you can influence thousands. See, every one of us in this room, we're destined to influence hundreds and thousands of people. And it was given to you to do that. And so Jesus began to do all that, and he wants many people to come to know Christ because of that. Now, the atmosphere is the important thing. Now, watch this. I want to I demonstrate this. All living things need the appropriate environment and atmosphere in order to flourish. We all do. We need the appropriate atmosphere to flourish. I'll give an example. Orchids, for example, are among the most beautiful and exotic flowers you can get. Beautiful flowers. But amazing as they are, their chances of survival are real slim. You know Why? Only one or two orchid seeds out of hundreds of thousands will ever germinate. Orchid seeds must have precisely the right environment within the first year, or they cannot survive. When scattered by the wind, they must land in a crevice that contains the perfect amount of moisture as well as a specific fungus. The seed establishes a symbiotic relationship with that fungus feeding off the water and minerals that the fungus grows in exchange for providing sugars sugars from photosynthesis synthesis that the fungus needs. Without this precise environment, the orchid withers and dies. In the same way, we need to be in the right atmosphere, the right crevice with the right symbiotic relationship with the Holy Spirit in which certain climates and environments work to either foster or frustrate miracles. But as you get in the right atmosphere, miracles are going to happen. If you have that right relationship with the Holy Spirit, your ears are turned on, your eyes are, are up to what God is, is trying to do, and all of a sudden, miracles start happening. They will happen automatically if you get in the right atmosphere. If you start adjusting your thinking and start walking and believing and, 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 uh, and you just start seeing that this is who I was made to be. You weren't just made to be a businessman. You are made to be a powerful representative of the kingdom of God. And wherever you are, I remember going into, into senators and congressmen's offices and, you know, some people get real, uh, real intimidated and whatever about that. But I always went in saying, no, I'm here to carry the glory of God. I represent the king. And my king's better, bigger than his king. You no, know, my dad's bigger than your dad, you know, kind of thing. So you go in there with just great authority. You've got to start having authority. You've got to start thinking right. You've got to believe that God has appointed you right now to be in this season. And you've got to have the right env- environment and atmosphere to produce those miracles. Mark's, Mark tells us an interesting thing. Mark tells us in, in his, his, his book, in chapter 5 of Mark, it's interesting, but Jesus raises a, a little girl from the dead in Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 6, near the end, he feeds 5,000 people. But right in the middle of those two great, amazing miracles, how many think those are pretty good good miracles? Raising from the dead and, you know, multiplying food. Come on. We're going to put Chick-fil-A out of business if we do that, you know. So... What what happens right in the middle of that, I found the most interesting thing. In Mark 6, 5, sandwiched between the miracles of the raising of the girl from the dead and the feeding of the 5,000, in the the city of Nazareth, it says, he could do no mighty work because there was no faith in Nazareth. Right in the middle. here's, Here's Jesus, here's God. Couldn't even do anything because they didn't have the atmosphere. Can I tell you right now, God's? I think God's. And it tells us this in, in uh, First Chronicles sixteen verse nine. I think it is. God goes throughout all the earth, seeking to find whose heart is perfect towards Him. You know what He's doing? He's looking around to see which church, which person, has the right atmosphere. And when it's the right atmosphere, there's electrification. There's, a, there's a, 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 a movement in heaven. And God gives the okay and miracles start occurring. Why not believe that every Sunday we start seeing miracles in this room? Every week at your business, you can see a miracle. You, you become so electrified by the Holy Spirit, you're like Linus in the Peanuts uh, comic strip. You know, he's, he's, here's a, there's a cloud of dust all around him every place he goes. I'm telling you, let the cloud of the Holy Spirit be around you everywhere you go. And may you, may you contain and, and carry the glory of God. The miracle on its way will, in, will always encounter fear and doubt and delays and adverse circumstances. We need, to, we, we need to feed all of our life's challenges into God's world of miracles. And not let our life of, of doubt... Uh, Lord, even be consumed by by God's miracles. But we must choose to meet every obstacle every week, every day with faith. With faith. And and, and then you can be astounded by God's work. In Habakkuk 1.5 it says this, Look among the nations and teach and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. Come on, be utterly astounded, Capital Church. Be amazed, because I want to do a work in your day. It was not seen in your father's day or your grandfather's day. Be astounded. Rise up and cheer and delight yourself. Come on, I believe that that the, the revivals of the past will fade in comparison with the revivals of the future. The Bible says that. He says, greater works will you do than these. Come on, let's start walking in that. Start stepping. I've got to. Sh- I'm. I'm stirring my faith today. You got to start shaking off your discouragement. Come on, shake it off. Shake off your unbelief. Claim your miracle. Contend for your miracle. Believe for your miracle. Let God begin to to do that because Jesus brought miracles to everybody, to the poor and the orphan and the widow and and the lame, the dumb, the leper. Everyone who had a problem, God said. Here's a miracle. You know, you really don't have a miracle unless you have a problem. You don't need a miracle. I got some problems. Lord, I need a miracle. So we got to create an atmosphere for miracles. And our expectation for miracles usually, and most of the time, need nurturing, reviving, and strong encouragement. You can always find a multitude of reasons to become doubtful and discouraged about things. I mean, come on. the world is just full of negativity. But w- whatever you're facing, turn and face God with these seeming impossibilities. Turn your, fa- your fear into faith and under your unbelief into believing. Turn it, Turn it. It's a turning process. And create in your own mind and your own heart an atmosphere for miracles. Start here. Start here, then move this atmosphere into your room. Move it into your your house. Move it into your car. Move it into your workplace. Move it into the church. Come on, if we were all expecting today and we came to church, this place would be electrified by the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's, that's what God intended it to be. He didn't intend people to look at you and not even know that you're a Christian. If you're going around and they don't even know you're a believer, shame on you. We need to start contending for that which God has put in us because we have a DNA of the Holy Spirit that he wants to shake loose. And we, 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 we have this demonstrated in Acts. I want to read just a, a few verses of Acts. I like to read the word of God because it, faith comes by hearing. And so Acts chapter 5, look, look at this. This is powerful. Acts chapter 5. And verse uh, 12, it says this, And through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And then verse 15 says, So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. I think God wants to do the same thing and why not fill you with so much power of the Holy Spirit that your very shadow of you going past someone will cause them to come up from their sickness. That's how much it was in him. That's what the Holy Spirit birthed in the early church. It said, "And they brought sick people and those who were tormented by unclean, unclean spirits, and they were all healed." It didn't say some, didn't say part. Said they were all healed. You know, li- li- years ago, I had a vision in this, in, w- with this building, with this church. I saw people peering through the, through the uh, windows, and they couldn't get in. I saw that, and I've been praying all these years, Lord, let them in, let them in. And then, I, subsequently, I saw ambulances dropping people off at the front door. People be dropped off at the front door, and they come in, and they get healed. Why not believe for the power of God? I know a church in California... California even wow where they they used to hang all all of the 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 uh, canes all of the crutches all of the wheelchairs on the wall after people were healed and didn't need them anymore it was packed It was full why not believe that God is going to start doing that in us now I'm not just here, just saying we just we're looking for miracles. No, we're looking for Jesus, but Jesus is the author of miracles, and we're a part of the church. Acts chapter eight then goes on, and says in eight verse six is and the and the multitudes with one accord he did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame, and the lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Do I can I tell you? The result of miracles and the power of God and the presence of Jesus will always be joy. There will be great joy, great joy, joy full of house. There's going to be joy in the house. So what is it that brings a miracle atmosphere? What is it? Well, I'm going to give you about six or seven things that brings a miracle atmosphere. I'm going very quickly through these. So a miracle atmosphere is nurtured by an attitude of expectation. You've got to have expectation. It's the opposite of negativism. You have been trained to be negative. You have. You speak it, you think it, you talk it, you listen to it, you watch it. It's all on TV, it's everywhere. You've been trained to be negative. We all have. You got to you got to stop thinking that way. You got to push it off and you have to have a spirit of faith and you have to have a spirit of expectation. Come on. And expectation is a discipline of the believer's focus on Jesus and his word. It's our discipline of that. We discipline ourselves to focus our thoughts on Jesus and his word. And an expectant attitude can create an atmosphere charged with excitement and faith. Believe for miracles even in spite of how you feel. Just because you feel something, that doesn't mean anything. That's the best time God can start moving as a miracle in your life. And so you need to do that. Just maybe God's gonna surprise you. Acts 3, 5 says, so he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. This is the story of the the man at the gate, beautiful, and Peter and John came by. and he, He just expected something to happen. He expected. Why don't we expect? Why don't we get so full of expectation we come on Sunday and this whole room is electrified? People during worship are getting touched and healed. They're running to the front. I got it! I can see! I can hear! Come on! We started, well, that happened in my grandfather's day, but I just don't think it's going to happen in my day. Oh, quit being a Gideon. Gideon worked, or God worked in Gideon in spite of his, of his, you know, negativism, but uh, what would happen if he would have been positive and what might have, what's going to happen today? So we've got to do that. Uh, uh, secondly, a miracle atmosphere is encouraged when an, where an attitude of believing exists. We've got to believe. Believing is not based on a good or bad experience. It is based on the solid declaration of God's word. What does God's word say? You gotta, you, so you have to understand God's word. We are, we are biblically illiterate. I'm not just saying us, but I'm, most Christians. Biblically illiterate. Have no idea what God has promised. There's 7,000 promises in the word of God. How come you're not claiming some of them? You know, declaring them, saying them. If God has promised it, then I have a right to it. Grab it. He has a, I have a responsibility to reach out for that. I had one person I prayed for her first service. She said God spoke to her and said that the, the damage done in her heart by a, by a heart attack had been reversed. She could feel it. God was healing her head and restored completely and totally what have been dis- what were hurt in her body. Come on. So our disappointment in unanswered prayer or in watching people fail to receive their miracles when, when we think they should may cause a spirit of unbelief, but don't do that. Keep. Don't let it happen. You and I can choose to believe. God is with us, and he has not changed. He's still the same today as he was during the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, St. Augustine said this, He said, faith is to believe what we do not see, and the reward of faith is to see what we believe. I want some rewards here. I want to start seeing what I believe. For Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things, not a few things, John 14, 12. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Come on, let's believe that an atmosphere of faith is starting to occur in Capital Church. We'll never be the same again. Why not believe this is the start of a miracle season? You see, we're in the springtime season. I believe that God wants to to erupt in this season, taking us into the summer season the natural, seeing the power of God. What if this whole church, there would be an amazing download of the Holy Spirit that would come from heaven, that would electrify the church, and there would be people getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. There would be a, a, a capital revival in the sense of God moving in our midst. Why not believe for that? Come on. Thirdly, a miracle atmosphere is secured when we confess God's greatness. I'm telling you, this is good, this is good. It's God's greatness. You know what I think we need to do? We need need to start reading aloud in his word the great things that he has done. Read of the great acts of creation. Read of the great acts. You know, you guys, we all do this. We get in funky moods. You know what you do when you get in a funky mood? Go to the book of Psalms, start reading all of the chapters on the greatness of God. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. And it'll change your funky attitude into a faith attitude. Just, just like that. It's amazing because you gotta. your heart only believes your mouth. And when you get your mouth open, you guys are way too quiet. You're way too quiet. Particularly with the word. We talk more about the weather than we talk about God. We got to start getting it in the atmosphere, saying the words of God out loud, talking about his greatness, reading his word in greatness. And what happens? It gets in the atmosphere. You see, God is no longer speaking on the earth. He's expecting you to speak. And when you speak on the earth, your words are the words of Jesus that gets in the atmosphere and it presents this atmosphere. What happens in atmospheres? Clouds are created. Rain comes from clouds. Rain comes and waters us and brings fruitfulness. And so what God wants to do, he wants you to start saying something he wants you to read the greatness of god and all of a sudden this this atmosphere the clouds of the holy spirit are built and 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 there becomes life and all of a sudden people just walk into the atmosphere of miracles and it happens in other words your atmosphere will bring miracles to people who didn't even expect it before they came that's what's going to happen But we got to build and create this atmosphere. Psalms 104.1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You're clothed with honor and majesty. Who cover yourself with light as with a garment. Who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. You start saying things like that out loud, God shows up. God shows up. 1 Corinthians, or Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, 11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, for all that is in heaven and, and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. All of a sudden, you start saying those things, God shows up. God starts ministering to you. All of a sudden, miracles happen. Healings occur. It is God an atmosphere, a miracle atmosphere secured when you start talking about God's greatness. God likes to be talked about. Did you know that God likes to be talked about? He's kind of jealous about that. He doesn't want you to talk about everybody else. He wants you to talk about him. And so the fourth thing, a miracle atmosphere is experienced in the presence of a living Christ. In other words, Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same as he was back during time of, of Moses or whenever we read in the Bible of David and Solomon. Jesus is alive right now, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's working in our midst. (laughs) We we experience the living Christ through the miracle of the Holy Spirit who abides in us and and surrounds us as we pray, as we worship, as we contend. Mark Mark 2, and this is what I I wanted to, even as I just shared just a couple minutes ago, Mark 2, verse 3 and following, it's, it's a story of the man who was brought to Jesus. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. He, Jesus, said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose. He took up the bed, went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. May it be said of us, we never saw anything like this. Can I tell you, you you at times are going to have to bring friends into this atmosphere, just like these four men, they were so believing that if they just got him into the atmosphere close to Jesus, he'd be healed. And sure enough, he was. Sure enough, he was. This, the, you know the story. There's another story of, in Mark chapter 5, verse, verse 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing himself, the power gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, who touched me? You know, this is the story of the woman with the issue of blood who just got close to Jesus, and she... This is powerful. She said to herself out loud, if I can only get close to him and touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. It was a confession. And here, these guys were pressing around, gee, everybody was touching him. But this one person who said... If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Jesus said, who touched me? Because the woman who had faith was healed. So there are, there are people we're going to bring that don't have faith on the, on the cot. There are other people going to say, man, I just, if I could just get there, if I can just get in the atmosphere, I, I'm going to be healed. If I could just get close to Jesus, I could just touch him, I could hear him. I'm going to be healed. we got to start declaring these awesome things in the house of God so we can have this atmosphere. And, and a miracle atmosphere next is, is, is boldness in our asking. we got to start asking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in order to see more miracles today, we got to ask more often. And we've we got to ask more specifically. we got to ask bigger. If you're just asking for things that can get done in the natural, that's not big enough. Come on, ask for things. Be bold. Your boldness sometimes will, will usher you outside of your comfort zone. And I, frankly, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Guys, you are too comfort comfortable. you got to shake yourself. And if you don't shake yourself, God probably will. And his shaking is a little bit more radical than yours. So... Move out, out, get outside of our small prayers. Get, get asking God boldly for miracles. Ask for things that are humanly impossible and see what God would do. Matthew 20, verse 30 says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Now, this and this is what happens. This is what happened in that day. This is what will happen in this day. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. You're going to have all kinds of people tell you to shut up. Be quiet. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't ask him for healing. Don't ask him for the miracles. And I'm telling you, shout as loud as you can. And what happened? These blind men said, they they, they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O son of David. And guess what? They were healed. Come on. Start Asking boldly, shouting out to God, asking, asking, asking for the the amazing, humanly impossible miracles. Next, a miracle atmosphere is cultivated by speaking God's word. I kind of said this already. The confession of your mouth is your heart speaking. And whatever fills your heart will eventually spill out of your mouth. I can tell what's in your heart by what you're saying. And if your mouth is saying all this negative stuff, then your heart is filled with negativity. And God's saying, change it up. Get filled with the word. Start reading the word. Start confessing the word. Start praying that God would fill you up. Because, see, I I said this before your heart only believes your mouth. So if you start saying positive things, all of a sudden it's going to affect even your physical body, it will affect your body. Spend time filling your heart with God's word. Worship God. Spend time in worship and, and gathering uh, with God. Isaiah 55, 10 says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but waters the earth, makes it be- bring forth in bud, then it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth This is powerful. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it to do. In other words, God's word is sent to you. It's sent and it will accomplish what it's sent to do. A word of healing, a word of breakthrough, a word of salvation, a word of provision, a word of this, a word of that. It will accomplish what it's sent to do. It doesn't return to God empty. Come on, that's his word. That's his seed. That's the power of God. And he wants you to experience it. And when we begin to say things, confess things out loud, we're agreeing with God's word. We're saying it with him. Mark eleven twelve 12 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Now, I didn't write this. Okay, I'm just reading this. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says... Will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Now, notice this it doesn't say he will have whatever he thinks. It says he has whatever he says. You gotta start saying more. You're not saying miracles. You gotta start speaking it. You gotta declare it. If I can do this, God, you're gonna do this. God, you're working in my heart this way. God you've, you've spoken to this, in my heart in, the, in my prayer time this week I believe it I say in Jesus name, you know what I think you need to do you need to start going into fields and just just crying out, start prophesying. start prophesying. God will start speaking to you. you know what prophecy is? It's just speaking the words of God. I used to go out in fields where nobody could hear me and I'd just start prophesy, I yell, I'd shout, I prophesy. The Lord says, you know, you just start saying, declare what he has spoken to us. People, God just, God is God's heart is to present, is to get an atmosphere, an environment where, remember the orchid? Where every orchid, every seed would germinate. And there would be all these powerful, beautiful blooms that would happen in God's house. Because there's an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere that's happening in Capitol right now, an atmosphere that's gonna change your life, an atmosphere that you're bringing for legacy in generations to come. You see, your children and your grandchildren, if you will pursue God with all your heart, will be activated in things that are just amazing because their lives will be changed because of your faith. I saw it this weekend, I saw it yesterday children grandchildren changed because one man decided in his wife serve God passionately I mentioned this to, to uh, as I was at my uncle's funeral too and Connie and I were they had actually adopted when we were young we were you know uh, training up in the ministry we were in Portland and we were from Idaho and we didn't really know if we want to go to Portland who wants to live in Portland you know and and but we went to Portland and got involved in this church, but it was one couple, Uncle Wes and Aunt Mary Ellen, who took us in, kind of adopted us as, as children. Helped us, blessed us, took Connie to doctor's appointments and helped our kids and helped us all along the way, just encouraged us. If it wouldn't been for them, I'm not sure we'd be in the ministry today. Because one couple or one person decided just to help germinate the seed in another person, activate faith. Come on people, let's see what God would do in our day. See what he wants to do in you and your family. And the last thing is this, and I close with this, a miracle atmosphere is deepened through prayer and fasting. I don't understand this, but prayer and fasting is a powerful tool of God for creating miracles. Jesus prayed and fasted. The apostles prayed and fasted. The early church prayed and fasted. God honors prayer. In fact, Matthew 17, 21 says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are some miracles that will not occur unless there's prayer and fasting set in motion. Now, I gave you all these today because I want the atmosphere of God to be in this room. But I want more than that. I want it to be around you every day at work. Every day at school. Wherever you're at, at home. I want this at this permeating atmosphere of the presence of God. We've got to start speaking it. We've got to start declaring it. We start start believing for it. Just like going to wingers like like Saxton did and seeing a miracle. Why not believe that every time you're in a line at Albertsons or in a line at Starbucks or whatever, something's, God's going to do something. And you're going to bump up against somebody. And all of a sudden there's going to be a need. You're going to pray or you're just going to believe. And they're going to say, whoa, I just, I got healed. Why not believe for the, your shadow to, to drop upon somebody and they'd be healed. But in order for that to happen, we've got to start generating this into our hearts. Come on. The miracles of God are for us today. Let's don't don't negate them. And I believe that God is going to do something special in Capitol Church in this season. Do you believe me? Do you believe this? Do you? Say, I believe. Say, I believe for miracles. I believe for the presence of God. I believe for the movement of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.